coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Finally, VR that Patrick and Mark don't want to hurl a blue shell at. It's Mario Kart VR and the rest of your Nintendo news for the week of July 18th, 2017. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, you're smiling at me from the other side of the table. <laughs> it's going great. I'm doing great to answer the question you did not pose. <laughs> that is the question I did not pose. I'm glad you answered it. Uh, hot-ish yeah, yeah, yeah. today. Uh-huh, but like cooler than it has been in the past. Oh, absolutely. Right, so like in previous weeks we've complained about how hot it was. This week we're complaining about... How it's, long it's been hot. Yes. Yeah. A small but distinct difference. Oh, I think definitely distinct. I can do like peaks and valleys, right? We're complex people. Oh, yeah. We're capable of feeling multiple things throughout the course of a week. A lot of it heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An awful lot of it heat. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask a totally unrelated question that I can pose at another time. I was going to ask, how did parking your car in a no, in one of the few areas of LA that have no, that has no street cleaning. How did that work for you? It worked perfectly. So for those of you who don't know, uh, LA, you can't just like park your car and leave it on the street for a week because they have street cleaning days and street cleaning happens on different days on different sides of the street. And it is every week. Yes. When I lived in Chicago, it was like once a month or like uh, twice a month street cleaning. Uh, in LA, it's every week. And it's basically every street. Everywhere, I found a small pocket of Atwater Village uh, just on the other side of Silver Lake Boulevard where you can park as long as you want. It was fine. I got a weird look from a woman who was washing her car this morning when I moved my car for the first time in eight days. <laughs> but that was it. It was totally successful. Uh, weather, we've got some guest weather today suggested to us uh, from a listener. Jason Tetley uh, said, hey, how about Minneapolis? Minneapolis looks like it's also going through a little bit of a hot spell. Been in the mid-70s, 80s, uh, really humid. Also looks like maybe there are some storms, so uh, be safe out there in, in Minneapolis. Uh, Jason also wrote in with a question, just like you can. Uh, you can always get us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail Jason writes, hello, I bought a Switch last week. I had no immediate plans to do so, but I saw one sitting on the shelf at Target, and I distinctly remember hearing your voices whisper words of encouragement in my ear. So, it's mine now. Two questions, Jason poses. First, you both have had Switches for a few months now. Should I get a screen protector or no? Oof. I mean, I don't want to be the guy who's like, don't get a screen protector, and then your screen gets messed up, but... I bought screen protectors. I never put it on, mm -hmm. and I, my screen has been fine, with the caveat that I don't pull it out of the dock all that often. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I do take mine, um, but I, I have a case for it. So I, I would say if you are thinking about a screen protector or a case, like cases, up, I can make a lot easier case, shoot, for a case. <laughs> Um, because then you can put other stuff in it, and, and I and I would yeah. also say like, know thyself, yes. you know, because I'm very 
I treat my electronics like bait, like my babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very like meticulous with them. Whereas other people, I mean, you, you're cradling your switch right now, <laughs> right now, <laughs> right? yes, against your chest. <laughs> but other people, and but other people aren't like that, and mm-hmm. that's totally fine. Like you don't need to treat your electronics like children. I mean, three hundred dollars. It's it's not a. It's you spent some money on it, so but, yeah. You know, I think if, know thyself is probably the best. Yeah, advice. if you're the kind of person who's just like, I just want to like throw this in my backpack. I don't want to worry about like taking a microfiber cloth and cleaning the screen off and everything. Then yeah, you maybe it is maybe worth investing in a screen protector. I think the interesting thing is that these screens are plastic, not glass, so mm-hmm. it's not likely they're going to break. You're mostly protecting it against scratches. Right. And I, I don't know about you, but I haven't experienced any any scratching on mine. No, no. And it's it's one of those things where, like, remember when it first came out, people were worried about the dock yes. scratching it, mm-hmm. and that has not really turned out to be a thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I personally don't have a screen protector on mine, but I can totally see the case for putting one on there. Jason has a follow-up question. He says, is the Zelda DLC something I should wait on until I finish the game, or will it enhance my original run-through? I, I would say wait. Uh, I, I would say wait on... I don't know, because you don't have to use the Hero's Path mode. You, you don't have to engage in the Trial of the Sword, and you don't have to use Master Mode on your first time through. But I do think that getting those extra suits of armor early in the game would maybe be more fun than getting them later. But I... Yeah, I think that's true. I guess for me, I the only one that I'm using is the Korok mask. Yeah. And for me, the fun of it is that I've already been to all these areas mm-hmm. and now or a lot of these areas. There's a lot of the area of the map that I have not been to, but it's just helping me explore in ways that I hadn't explored before, and I don't think the Korok mask would be as rewarding my first time through. But again, that's just how I'm how I am experiencing the game. That's a great point. Like I think we both liked how the game recontextualized itself with the with the additions. So maybe maybe there's enough there. I mean there certainly is enough game there without the DLC. So yeah, go ahead and play it. And also like maybe figure out whether you're in love with this game or not before throwing down the extra twenty bucks um for more content. Yeah. I, I would at least say uh like open up the entire map like at that point again it just totally depends on how you play but by that point you will be at like a level where i think it's and you will have seen enough of the game where i think it's appropriate to have that other stuff yeah i think i think that makes sense or like knock out two divine beasts or something and then and then turn yeah yeah. so either get the whole map or unlock two divine beasts or three quarters of the map and Three Divine Beasts. Mark, what have you been playing this week? The Splatoon 2 Splatfest, mm-hmm. the pre-release one, was, of course, this weekend. Um, it was 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time, but it was happening... It happened at different times at different parts of the world. Okay. Um, but... Did you have an opportunity to play? You were traveling, so... I was literally at a wedding... Uh, the cer- ceremony started at 5.30 in the Midwest, so half an hour into <laughs> into the ceremony. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, I had a lot of fun, but I had so many connection problems. Hmm. And I wasn't alone, like, looking online, looking on Twitter. Um, a lot of people were kind of experiencing issues with, you would be, you w- I would, once I got into a game, 
Yeah. It was fine. I was never kicked out of a game, but you would be, I'd be seen in a lobby and with like, like my whole team would be full and it'd be waiting to fill another team. Right. And then and, kick you out. And it would just kick me out. Or I would finish a game and be back in the lobby and it would kick, basically like any, a lot of times when I was in the lobby, my team would be full. We'd be sitting there a while for uh, our, um, the team we'd be going against to fill, and that would never happen. It would kick us out. I don't know if it was because everybody was team ice cream. And so, which was fine. Like, you would fight, you would compete against team ice cream. Right. I think I competed against team cake twice in the entire, like... Uh, Nintendo needs to find a better balance here. <laughs> obviously, ice cream is better than cake, and obviously, Marina is better than Pearl. <laughs> um, so, it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I've been talking nonstop about how hyped I am for this game. I'm worried about how their servers are going to hold up. I guess I don't really know what the problem, what like the cause of mm-hmm. being kicked out all the time was. I don't know if it was just a fluke, but it does make me worry about when the full game goes live, if we're going to see the same sort of thing. Because it was kind of annoying because you'd be sitting there for a long time in the lobby before it kicked you out. Yeah. It's one thing to just like immediately kick you out and then you come in and like the game fills. But it's another to be seen there watching like the countdown end in the corner and then it like restarts and then it kicks you out. It's it was kind of irritating. Yeah, I wonder if they had more users on that than a normal like test punch. I mean, I'm sure that may have been uh part of it, but that seems like a pretty good like uh yeah, like a pretty solid red flag, right? Right, especially since launch day is coming, and I can't imagine that less people will be playing on launch day. Oh, I can, because you don't have to pay for it. That's true. On launch day, or you will have to pay for it on launch day, but you did not have to pay for um, this Splatfest. Yeah. Um, so you were Team Ice Cream? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and ha- have you seen any rewards from Team Ice Cream fr- from your play in that, or do, you, do we know if... Uh, there are any rewards from participating in the Splatfest? That's a good question. I feel like there aren't any rewards. Or if, I don't know, actually. I haven't gone back in since yeah. it ended to see what's going on. But I do know that none of your progress or nothing that you accomplished in the uh, Splatfest rolls over into Splatoon 2 yeah. proper. All right. Well, that makes sense. And then there'd be no reason for that thing to continue. I, uh, while traveling this weekend, uh, picked up arms again. Um, and played it for the first time without motion controls, um, just with buttons in, in handheld mode. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and uh, I liked the game a lot without motion controls. Okay, because that was... Because uh, you were enjoying it with motion controls. I was, yeah, and you know, thought that it was precise and all of that. Um, and I do still think that the motion controls are remarkable, um, but there's you know something so much more rewarding about pushing the button and getting a straight punch every time. Now, uh, isn't the not motion controls, you not using motion controls is limiting in some way, isn't it? Like you, there's less a, a precision little bit. like a little. I, I think the, the only way where you really like lose it is that you can't, like if you're uh, walk, like drifting in one direction and then like trying to hook a punch in the other, you can't do that um, with, without the motion controls. But also controlling movement with uh like by tilting the con- the Joy-Con left and right is isn't as I don't know it doesn't feel as natural to me as just like using a thumbstick um 
So yeah, I, I had I had a, a lot of fun playing it with with buttons. Um, made it through uh, the, just the the grand pre mode on level four and level five with a couple characters. Um, so I'm I'm having I'm having a good time with this game. I, I like it a lot. Um, I also spent a bunch of time playing Breath of the Wild with my friend Andrew, who is also now a proud Switch owner. Yo, Andrew. Um, and uh, he's got an obsessive personality, so he was like, "Why, why isn't your Hyrule compendium filled?" I said, "Filled? What do you t- you know? What you have to do to fill the compendium is take pictures of stuff, right?" So we spent the better part of Saturday taking pictures of stuff all over Hyrule. It was so much fun, Mark. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't. I d- I can't explain why it was so much fun, but it was like another reason to go back and hit every single corner of Hyrule. I fought my uh, first Mulduga. Oh wow! Um, out in the desert. Out in the desert, yeah. Um, this sounds like a dangerous road to go down, though, because at some point you're like, "I have seventy five percent of the compendium. Now I need to get that last twenty. You know, like, yeah. If you are obsessive, that seems like a dangerous road. And that's about where I am now. Whoa! Um, I've I have all of the materials, most of the creatures, um, like ninety percent of the enemies. But like a, a sad percentage of the weapons, because there are so many weapons in this game. So I don't know. I think I have to wait for Andrew to come <laughs> to come around so we can uh, keep working on that. Anyway, that's what we've been playing this last week. Mark, let's move into the new releases and get a hint of what me we might be playing next week. <laughs> So July 20th on the Switch eShop, Physical Contact Speed is coming out. Okay. And do you know Speed the Card Game? Oh, is that what it is? I believe that's what it oh, is, yeah. Okay. And then... Do you uh, know Speed the Bus? <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> yes. And then uh, the Neo Geo game of the week is Samurai Showdown. Great. S-H-O. That's right. Unimportant note yes it is uh so i guess nothing coming out on today nothing coming out tuesday this week that's right uh and then of course july 21st at last our nightmare is over with (laughs) splatoon 2 is finally releasing which means a bunch of other stuff is coming out with it yes uh the nintendo switch pro controller like the splatoon edition with the neon green and neon pink uh grips Mm -hmm. that will be impossible to find uh lots of amiibo the splatoon series the inkling boy inkling girl and inkling squid are all coming out in addition the super smash brothers series is concluding i think that's with right cloud bayonetta and corin and again it's two versions of each one of those um and some of those are retailer exclusive so i've got some pre-ordered <laughs> i forget where and or yes i forget where and how many but in some ways, that's kind of fun, right? Because oh, yeah. they'll just like show up and you'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, yeah. Oh, I did this. And then also the Nintendo Switch online app mm-hmm. and the Companions Splatnet 2 service will both go live. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious to see how that all shakes out. Um, and very excited to play some Splatoon 2. So the weird thing is that I'd, I think I have two friends on my Switch right now. Mm-hmm. So, and one is in a complete like a completely different country in a completely different time zone uh-huh. so and the other one is me and the other one is you right um we should put our friend codes in the episode description we should start doing that yeah 
Because so, mm-hmm. especially with Splatoon 2 out, it would be really fun to start playing with people. It, it'll be really fun to play with some uh, some listeners, and it'll be fun to play with you, Mark, and just everyone. We'll play with everyone. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We brought it up before, Patrick. It's hot outside. Yeah, what does that mean? Means that I'm s- sweating. Oh, Mark, I'm sweating too. And that means, let's be honest, uh-huh. microbes are a problem. Tell me about microbes. I don't know. They're like little bugs that you can't see. And that smell terrible. Yeah, they, they're smelly, tiny bugs. Gross. <laughs> the only way to get rid of them, as far as I know, two ways, I guess. Shower. Ugh, on the who hour. has the time? On the hour, every hour. Yeah, during the day? No, thank no, you. No, thank you. Uh, or get some Mac Weldon underpants and socks and hoodies and shorts and undershirts. Because they're antimicrobial. Right, which means you'll be less smelly than you've ever been, more comfortable than you've ever been, and if you use promo code NINTENDO at MacWeldon.com, uh, you'll be more prosperous than you've ever been because you've saved 20% on these clothing items. That's right. Free shipping. Whoa. Satisfaction guaranteed. You, you're wearing this underwear, and that underwear has microbes? It won't, first of all. It won't. It, it definitely. I mean, I'm sure it'll have some sort of microbes. Right. Right? Sure. But the microbes you want. The microbes your body craves. Good microbes. Good microbes. Right. The bad microbes? Get out of here. Not in this underwear. Hit the road, Jack. Go to mcweldon.com, enter promo code NINTENDO at checkout, save 20%, uh, and then they know that we sent you there. All right, let's get into the news here, Mark. So, have you ever wanted to play Mario Kart? Yes. Have you ever wanted to play Mario Kart in VR? What? Because this is a possibility now in Japanese arcades. Uh... This is super cool, right? So, yeah. Mario Kart Arcade GP VR. So, Mario Kart Arcade GP, I believe, is the name of the arcade version of Mario Kart. That's right. And the VR, of course, means of course means virtual reality. Uh, Namco developed the game, and it started appearing in arcades in Japan last week, complete with steering wheels, wind feedback, and a Vive headset. Uh, so, I mean, this is clearly one of those, like novelty dave and buster's sort of experiences right Right. um and we'll never see a home version of anything like this i mean never say never okay but we will never see (laughs) (laughs) um but it seems like it's a like it's a full um you know like kind of 4d experience like you're going to see the muppets in 4d Mm -hmm. at disney um where like it's uh, shooting like sensory stuff at you, and it's uh, reading your hand motions, shooting which is... sensory stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Stand by everything I said. Um, but the the game controls with uh, steering wheels, and um, you know it's uh, sensing your hand motions. So you actually throw bananas by like throwing with your hand, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, to me, this seems like the perfect application of VR, mm-hmm. where you go for like three or four minutes and then you're done. Yeah. And really the only place this is happening is in arcades, which is where VR has always existed. Right. You know, from like the nineties when VR was first here for here to stay. Right. 
There have been a couple times that VR has been here to stay. But it's like, it's always installations like arcades or malls or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, to me, that's where it feels most appropriate. Because VR in short bursts makes much more sense to me than VR over long stretches. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I think there's something so like intuitive about Mario Kart that like, you already know how to drive a B you already know how to play Mario Kart. Um, why not be like in that seat doing that? And it kind of takes away the problem that VR has where it's like, uh, VR is tracking your head motion, mm-hmm. but in order to move forward and backward, you're just hitting a j- joystick. Right. Right. You're just hitting an analog stick on a controller. So it's not super immersive. Right. But with Mario Kart, it, it kind of takes that away or any racing game would like take that away because you're being just like propelled forward, like in a car, you right. don't you're have pushing to pushing buttons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can still get car sick though. Don't try to read in the car. <laughs> um, I, I, I hope this makes its way to the States sometime. Uh, it seems like for now it's just a Japan thing. Um, but if it ever, if it ever shows up, you and I need to make like a pilgrimage to wherever that's happening. And, uh, you know, throw some bananas at each other. Have you played Mario Kart Arcade GP in general? I have not. So it's, it is Mario Kart and it isn't at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like the items are different. Yeah. And um, it, it feels less. It does, it's not like, it doesn't really feel like Mario Kart. Like it does and it doesn't. Sure. Um, but it's still fun. And if it was in VR, I would totally check it out. And I rarely say that about anything VR related. That's right. No, normally Mark's like, oh, I'll play that. And then someone says, it's in VR. And Mark says, never mind. <laughs> I say, not. Wow. <laughs> uh, GameStop, Best Buy, and Target stores are restocking Switch hardware on Friday. That's the 22nd of July for the release of Splatoon 2. Smart. Yeah. Uh, I think people are, are going to make a rush for uh, Splatoon 2 and is a good time to get more hardware out there. I think they're becoming easier to find. Jason, obviously, was able to find one um, without even really looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just anecdotally, I'm hearing a little bit more that they are, that the systems are becoming more available. Yeah, my boss at work has his eye on picking one up. He's a really big Zelda fan. And uh, he's kind of been keeping an eye out for him. And a target near him had got like 15 in last week. And when he was on Saturday, there were like there was like one left. So, yeah, I, I agree. It does seem like they are becoming uh, more available. Yeah. So if you were holding out until like it wasn't going to be hard to, to find one, like this is probably your week. There, there, there are Hey Pikmin and Metopia demos available on the 3DS eShop. Uh, cool. I, I want to try Hey Pikmin. I feel like demo is going to be the perfect amount of Hey Pikmin for me. So, who's developing Hey Pikmin? Is it Artzest, Arzest, something like that? I don't. I feel like it's not remember. a great. It's not a developer that I have a lot of faith in. Um. But, yeah, I agree. A demo seems like a perfect amount of Hey Pikmin. Yeah, it's our zest. Um, but, yeah, so you can pick those up now. They're free. Uh, Koro Koro is, developing, is producing a Splatoon anime. 
while they've made Splatoon manga in the past, this will be the first Splatoon cartoon. The series is coming to Koro Koro's YouTube channel on August 12th. Uh, that's kind of neat. Um, I feel like we're getting a, a glut of um, like video game anime stuff. There always is, right? Um, but it just seems like newly relevant for whatever reason. I just can't, like, I think Splatoon 2 is going to be really, really big. Yeah. And I think it's going to destroy Japan. That it's just going to swallow itself? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think hype is really high there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I, it's almost like Nintendo could, like, sell a million Switches this week if they were able to produce enough it, in yeah. Japan by itself. Um, Jason Michael Paul, the producer of the Zelda Symphony of the Goddess concert series, is interested in doing a Nintendo All-Stars concert series as well. In an interview with, is it Vooks? I think so. Vooks. It's an outlet of some kind. He mentioned that he had been pitching that idea to Nintendo for years. Um, great. That'd be really cool. Uh, we're in the second part of this episode coming out on Thursday. We're going to talk a lot about um, Nintendo music. Uh, and only a very little bit of it is uh, Zelda-related. Um, so there's obviously a lot of great music in the Nintendo catalog. It'd be really cool to see them take that on tour. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, streaming video app Nico Nico launched on the Japanese Switch eShop last week. No word on it coming to the West. It's definitely more of a Japanese-focused product, but mm-hmm. it is the first like video streaming app yeah that, or an app that's not just a game that we've seen on the switch eShop. yeah that's uh it's that's cool i wonder it's so weird that it just like popped up and then it's like will we see more stuff like this who knows you know uh it i guess it does seem inevitable that we'll probably that we will get like netflix and hulu and things like that on the switch um and so I use the PS4, or I was using the PS4 for a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I have it like built into the TV. Yeah. But the Switch is so much faster than the PS4. Absolutely. That, like to boot up and to connect and to select things and so on and so forth that it'd be cool if it was on the Switch. Yeah, it, it absolutely would. And, you know, like this week I was traveling with my Switch and I, I brought the dock because, you know, I was gone for uh, a week and knew I wanted to play it with people. Would have been nice to just like have, you know, my Netflix uh, up on the TV and all of that. But the only th- I w- I'm not willing to trade the speed that the Switch currently has in exchange for these services. No, no, because you can get them everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe it doesn't matter. So if these apps for some reason like slowed down the switch, I would I wouldn't want them. You'd pass. I would pass. Hard pass. You'd say not. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah. Wow, yeah. You know me really well. I know you really well. Uh continuing on that theme, Castlevania animated series producer Adi Shankar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm has expressed interest in doing a dark Metroid series in the same sort of, like, anime-esque style. Uh, he was previously announced that he was also interested in doing an Assassin's Creed series. So I guess he just wants to do all of it. He just wants to turn all video games into cartoons. Yeah. Into, right. like, dark anime cartoons. Uh, seems like a weird fit for Metroid. Yeah. Uh, I think I don't want this. I'm... I 100% do not want this because very little good has come from Samus talking, right? Yeah, yeah. no, great point. I mean, 
the less she talks, the better, right? Yeah, I mean, part of like the interesting thing about Samus is that she's just kind of a silent protagonist. Yeah, she's a stone cold, awesome, killer, awesome lady. Yeah. yeah, that's all we want. That's all we want. Uh, all right, let's take a a, a quick break from the news for a regular segment. <laughs> And that regular segment, of course, is 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, I want to talk about burns, or like getting a burn wound. Mm-hmm. Not like... Yo mama's so fat when she lays around the house, she lays around the house. That's right. Yeah. Uh, or she's got her own zip code. Yes. Or or other types of not yo mama related burns. Sure. They, they, could, be, they could be totally non-yo mama burns. Um, but you're no, talking specifically. I, so I injured myself yesterday on the toaster oven. It was too close to the wall and I tried to like move it while it was on and I burned my wrist. Um, and it hurt. And was hot for a long time, and now I've got a bandage on it. Wow! So that has to be pretty bad if it's bandaged. I mean, is that is that is that what it means? Is that what a bandage means? Is that it's a bad one? I mean, kind of. If you had just like a not bad burn, you wouldn't bother to bandage it, right? I get okay. So I'm gonna take off the bandage so you can see. Okay. See my burn. Okay. In in your mind, what's the utility of the bandage if not if it's not that bad? Uh. Well, because there's part of it that like blistered over. And yeah, is, that's a is bad like, burn. Is, like, open here. Here as it is. Soon, as soon as you put the word blister in there, oh yeah, that's you're gonna have a scar. You think I'm gonna have a scar from that? I think that? so. Can I sue the uh, the toaster oven people? <laughs> no, you're the one that tried to move it when it was on. <laughs> but why should the back of the this is the outside of the back of the toaster oven? Why should that be hot? Ever? I get that the inside is hot, and I would never touch the inside of the toaster oven while it's on. Uh huh. I'm going to have a scar? I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I would imagine, yes, you're going to have a scar. Mark, have you ever had a, a burn or a serious burn of any kind? I don't. So I am, like, really careful. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so I, I don't think I have. Not to say that you're careless. I was right. choosing not to extrapolate that <laughs> from what you were saying. Not to say that you're a bumbling idiot <laughs> right, who right. touches hot things like stoves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I've never broken a bone. I've never done because when it comes to like, hey, do you want to do this thing that is even like mildly dangerous or even potentially dangerous? I choose not to. Right. But on the list of things that I would consider even potentially dangerous making chicken nuggets in the toaster oven <laughs> doesn't register. And now you'll have a scar to forever remind you that that's not true. That's right. Um, so I was at New York Comic Con one year uh, at a Marvel panel, and uh, it, it got to the end, and they were taking questions, and um, a gentleman came up to the microphone who was a burn survivor, and he was like, uh, why is it that anytime I see a burn survivor in a comic book they're trying to take over the world um i'm a survivor of burn wounds and i've never once tried to take take over the world and like no one on that panel could answer his question (laughs) everyone was like 
thank you for that perspective. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pretty great. Does Deadpool not count? Uh, are those burns? I guess they are in the movie. Right. Right. I don't know if they are really. Do you know what? I just thought, I, I just went on this whole thing about how, like, I'm so, like, careful and meticulous. I have burned myself. And it was in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> it was with a cigarette lighter from a car. I w- and I wasn't Why are you a, playing with the cigarette lighter I wasn't in the car? I was a child. I was like 20 years old. And um, I had like pushed it in. It popped out. Uh, are these even in cars anymore? I don't even know if they are. Oh, man. We'll never know. We'll never, we'll know, never if, know if they're in cars. Uh, we were accompanied today by the Austin Civic Orchestra. Thanks, Austin Civic Orchestra. A lot of extra music cues in this one <laughs> today. So last week we mentioned that 2K Sports is bringing WWE 2K18 to Switch. And when they originally announced it, they said it was coming out on October 17th with the other versions of the game. They That's no longer true. Now it just has a nebulous fall 2017 release date. But there's good news here as well. Yes, it is based on... It's not based on like... Uh, previous gen technology it's the same right. game or based on it's a version of the same game i don't know how would you say that it's a fully featured version there's nothing in uh the ps4 version of this that will not be in the switch version yeah we expect probably some graphical dumbing down sure yeah right but feature wise it's not another fifa for switch situation that's right um on the flip side of that square enix's Tetsuya Nomura, Nomura mm-hmm. said that while the Switch is an interesting piece of hardware, that's his quote, the publisher currently has no plans on bringing Kingdom Hearts 3 to the platform. He did mention in, in an interview with IGN that after the game releases on PS4 and Xbox One next year, presumably, that's when it was, it's, was released or it was announced for a 2018 release, maybe we can, quote, maybe we can start thinking about other possibilities. Boo to this, I say. <laughs> Boo to maybe. <laughs> Your game is a year out. Yeah. Right? Like, start steering it towards multiple platforms. I mean, the Xbox One Yeah. in Japan, what's even the point? Yeah, and Kingdom Hearts, not in Japan? <laughs> what's even the point? <laughs> I'm sure it sells well in the West, right? It probably sells fine. I'm just saying, it's a way Japanese series. What Kingdom Hearts games have you played? Zero. <laughs> None of them. It's it's so weird because I like Disney. Yeah. Uh, like their theme park specifically, but I like Disney, and I have had never had any interest in this series. It's so. Okay, so it's it's essentially a mashup of Final Fantasy and um. Disney. That's what it started out as. Right. But there are so many like spin-offs and things that I it's kind of has its own weird identity. Yeah, well, and so that's what I'm saying is that I think it ends up taking more of its like storytelling DNA from well, it's taking characters and worlds and stuff from Disney that it takes its just crazy storytelling aesthetic from Final Fantasy. So like as much nonsense as you could ever expect from any Final Fantasy game, that's going to be in the Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's kind of why it's off-putting. Also, at this point, um, my understanding is that the storyline is fairly convoluted. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm 
going to be hopping in to right. the third entry. No, me neither. But still, it seems silly to me that the game won't be on the Switch. And if it were on Switch, maybe we would be jumping in. I think I would buy it. Yeah, I'd be interested at the very least. Yeah. Uh, similarly, Ban- Bandai Namco is bringing Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 to the Switch in September. Uh, the game, This game was previously released in 2016. Mm-hmm. So it's coming out on the Switch about a year later than the other versions. Uh, but Bandai Namco and Arc System Works unveiled a new Dragon Ball fighter uh, called Dragon Ball Fighter Z at mm-hmm. E3 to much fanfare. And Switch was not included on the as one of the confirmed platforms. It, again, I believe is just going to PS4 and Xbox One, maybe PC as well, I'm not sure. However, in an interview, Dragon Ball Fighter Z producer Tomoko Hiroki indicated that a Switch release might be possible if fans showed interest. To this I say, boo! I hate that, like, I Just don't... Just bring your games to the what is Switch! That, what does that even mean? I don't know. Like, how is one supposed to do that? Uh, I mean, especially, how is one supposed to show interest? You yeah. Mean? Uh, I, I think he probably Tweet means like at them engage with their brand by the other game that we're putting out on this thing. Yeah, I think which you're is right. uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z does look great. I don't know how it'll play, whatever, but it it looks like it looks like the cartoon. Like it, it is very compelling in that way, um, and it'd be super fun to see it come to the Switch. Uh, so let's all show interest. Let's engage with their brand. Uh, what what hashtag do we have to tweet with? <laughs> Hashtag not. <laughs> uh, speaking of fighting games, the fighting game tournament Evo mm. is headed to Japan for the first time next year and will feature two Nintendo games, ARMS, mm. which is pretty cool, and Super Smash Brothers Wii U. Uh, Smash Brothers Melee will not be included. Mm. That's kind of like the fan favorite. Yeah, that's what game. that's what the uh, fighting game community has sort of rallied around. Kind of, it has, or it has for a really long time, but. Um, there was a Evo that just ended yesterday, I think, with um, a f- uh, the champion fighter played with uh, Bayonetta. Yeah. So I think, uh, it I think the Wii U version is starting to get more coverage. That's like, good. It's like in these like televised tournaments and stuff like that. Um, the Evo Japan 2018 will take place between January 26th and January 28th in next year cool uh new 3ds production has ceased in japan and europe nintendo has stated that so this is just the regular sized new 3ds version mm-hmm. that we did not really get we got in, it in, in like america we got bundles, it in, yeah. there was like a uh animal crossing bundle that had it and i think another game or two there was the pokemon red and blue one that was oh i don't like remember super that super limited yeah um so even though there, so basically, the product line going forward will be the new Nintendo 3DS XL, uh-huh. the uh, new Nintendo 2DS, 2DS XL, and then the Nintendo 2DS. Yes. And that will be true in across all the regions now, whereas before the new Nintendo 3DS, the regular size one, had been in production for a while. Slimming down the line even as they broaden it further. <laughs> And finally, uh, quality of life is an initiative that we heard about uh, under late Nintendo president Satoru Iwata. You might remember this 
kind of during the doldrums of Nintendo's last couple of years, mm-hmm. this was teased as a product that they were working on that um, was basically to help you track like your sleep and things like that. Well, wh- I mean, the quality of life is like a, a broader initiative, right? Right. Like, the, yeah. the product I th- they were working on specifically was like a sleep tracker. Sure. Was well, that is that the same as the vitality sensor? S- who knows? Great. Right. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll never really know. And for those of you who don't remember, the vitality sensor was a accessory that was touted at an E three conference. In the same E3 conference that uh, Metroid Other M was announced. It was a very confusing time. And, but it was for the Wii. Yeah. And I think it did plug into to like the bottom of a Wiimote. Like it used that connector. Yeah, maybe. And was just like clamped over your finger. Yeah. For unknown purposes. And then later... To collect your blood. <laughs> and then later Nintendo said that they were working on a... Uh, basically an entire a new product line essentially mm-hmm. that would be focused on quality of life we haven't really heard anything about it for a few years but in the most recent annual report for the company they mention it they say quote we are working on the development of a new product that improves people's qol meaning quality of life in enjoyable ways our aim is to enable consumers to make daily efforts to improve their qol in a fun manner by making sleep and fatigue status visible and offering various services based on this information. You know, I've been saying that I need another way for people to know how tired I am. (laughs) Sleep tracking is kind of like, like they're building it into like iPhones now. And I think it's something that you can track with like your Apple watch and like other fitness bands. Yeah. Certainly. And things like that. A Fitbit. Yeah. Um, I know that in China, or like, so my fiance is Chinese and, or from China, and, I don't whatever, yeah. <laughs> you get it, and uh, they, I think through WeChat, there was like a separate app you would use, but then it would aggregate the data in WeChat and like share it with all of your, like all of his like contacts and friends and everything. Yeah. Um. So there's definitely like a community around this. I I think I would have to see it in use to understand how it would be useful. It just it doesn't seem like culturally relevant here. Like I don't ever hear anyone I hear people um you know like soft brag about how much exercise they're getting, how busy they are, what they eat, almost anything but sleep. But do you think that's why it's it's kind of like an untapped market in that regard. Like, do you think if we were more aware of our sleeping habits, we would be healthier because we would, um, cause you know, there's like a bedtime timer in your iPhone that's supposed to tell you like, it's time to go to bed. Cause you're supposed to get up at this time. And sure. you know, like all that kind of stuff. Sleep is an important part of our health. And I just wonder if, if we were more aware of it, we would be better about it. Uh, I mean, it's possible, but like saying that, uh, is it an untapped market? I feel like it's just not a market at the moment. Um, so I guess it could, they would have to invent the market in the States is, is what I'm thinking. I mean, I want to go to bed right now. <laughs> I mean, that's always true. I was just talking about my coworker today. I was like, I'm always tired. Yeah. I can sleep for nine hours and then get up and be like, I could go for like another a, four. Yeah. Yeah. Like a solid four. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's move on out of the news here.
And that is actually going to do it for this news-focused episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, remember, please, we would love it for you to uh, rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, if you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, doesn't matter how uh, like little reach you think you have; it means a lot to us. Um, and all you know, tag us in those things on Twitter. We are at NinCart Society. And the Facebook page is Nintendo Cartridge Society. And of course, you can always email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Uh, if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo, and our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. And you can find more of 8 Betty's music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, not. And sincerely, thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network? The music group The Black Eyed Peas once wrote, Where is the love? And despite that song being from 2003, I think we're all still wondering just where the heck that love is. In a world of haters drinking their haterade, I give to you, in defense, a podcast where comedians, improvisers, and all-around smart and funny people come talk with me, Joey Berggren, about the things they love. Things like zip-popping videos, eating the same meal every day, the movie Josie and the Pussycats, cleaning people's feet, and the complete works of Adam Sandler. Check out In Defense on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a proud member of the What's Creative Podcast Network. Thank you!